You are listening to the Wealthy Family Podcast, where we discuss both the challenges and awesomeness of raising happy, healthy kids. We are Aaron and Josh Guerreri, parents of five young kids, and we'd love for you to join us on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron Guerreri, and this is the Wealthy Family Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thanks for stopping by. We'll post notes or links on WealthyFam.com, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Erin Guerreri or find Wealthy Family on Facebook, and remember that Wealthy is W-E-L-L-T-H-Y. This is episode four, and today we talk about how to be an asset to your kid's teacher this year. And I'm joined today, as always, by my husband, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, so it's been a while since we've podcasted. Darling, it has been uh, months, I think it has, right? Months. At, at least two. Two months. months, three, yeah. Do you know why it's been so long? Because I know why. You have been working your tail off on a course. Maybe you should tell the listening audience about this course. I have, in fact, been working my tail off on a um, an online course to help families figure out how to thrive um, rather than just, you know, struggling to get by each day. So it's like over five and a half hours of content and lots of strategies and printables and worksheets and like the real deal course. And I've had like 12 people in a beta course going through it with me. Um, Shout out to my people. They know who they are. (laughs) And it's taken longer than I expected, but they've been awesome. And now we're in kind of the tweaking stage for finishing up the course. So we have a hot minute to podcast. Let's do this. All right. So why we're talking about this and how to be an asset to your kid's teacher this year is because... Hold up. Hold up. I I just want to clarify. Aaron did not (laughs) want to use the word ass in the title. Josh did. Aaron wanted to make it what your teachers want to know, right? Yes, because I'm not comfortable using profanity in my stuff. So first of all, it wasn't profanity on the webpage. It's just going to be an A asterisk asterisks. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that because some people act like this. I, I'm sure I've acted like an ass <laughs> in the past. And so you got to know, I would want somebody to tell me if this is how I was behaving. Um, so yeah, and I think it's a stronger title, you know, it gets a, it's definitely an attention getter and I enjoy reading things like that. Um, it's just not not, how I put things out there. So yeah. yeah. So it's how to be an asset to your kid's teacher. Not an ass. My my wife is too nice. (laughs) Uh, anyway, um, we're talking about this because school is starting all over the place and we both used to be teachers. So, We come from having worked inside of a classroom and dealing with parents from the other side. And now we are, in fact, parents Mm -hmm. with kids who have teachers. Um, So we've walked both sides of this line. And I think it's an interesting perspective um, because a lot of things that I think are common sense that parents should maybe pick up on or handle a certain way are, in fact, not because most people have not worked in a classroom. Is that true? That is very true, darling. Um, Good perspective, I think you have and I have. Uh, And for this, we actually talked to a few teachers uh, to get their input. So it is, in fact, what teachers (laughs) want you to know, right? It Uh, is, yeah. So we took our ideas and also just kind of confirmed them and got some extras that we were maybe have left out. Some of it we can't print. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Teachers want you to know lots of things. What they really want to say sometimes. <laughs> All right, let's get rolling. What we got? Uh, All right, so wait, let's talk about why this is important first. Um, it's important for you as a parent to help your kid have a good year. Um, you have a role to play is what I'm saying in your kid's year in whatever grade level they're in. Um, we don't just kind of send our kids to school and they just had an awful year and you didn't play any role in that. So I think it's important to note that, um, you know, whether you're a working parent, a stay at home parent or whatever, we have something to do with the kind of trajectory our kids set out upon in their school year. That's well said. Yep. Is it going to be, you know, best year ever, or is it going to be, maybe we should homeschool next year. You've got a, an important role to play there. Or in between, you know, it's fine if it's just a fine year. Um, but parents have an important role to play. So one of the first, I guess the first thing, um, to keep in mind and how to be an asset to your teacher, but also to your kids school year is forget what you've heard about whatever teacher you are assigned to this year. Um, This is probably the most popular one as, you know, summer winds down and the schools are posting the class lists and the teacher assignments on the doors or you're getting the emails about it. Um, Everybody's texting each other like, who do you have? Who do you have? Did you know, did you have Miss So-and-so last year? What did you think of her? And I'm, you know, I'm guilty of this too. I jump in on these conversations, but um, I've learned to take these conversations with a grain of salt because whatever you know, your neighbor down the street, um, whatever kind of experience they had with that teacher is not indicative of what kind of year your child will have with that teacher. Um, kids and teachers have their own chemistry, personality matches. Um, the chemistry of a class and the dynamics of a class change the kind of, you know, personality a teacher can have from year to year. Um, I know that that was true for me when I had like a particularly like difficult class or whatever. I probably was not <laughs> super fun to everybody that year. Um, so I guess when you're, you know, fielding opinions from everybody on who had what teacher, um, whatever their responses are, good or bad, remember that each child's experience is individual and unique. That's great. I love it. I love all that, Aaron. I love that. Uh, and also, I think we've been guilty of this in the past where, you know, maybe we've gotten a teacher silent. We said, oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe this teacher, maybe this teacher's a dud. For but, sure. No, I'm not I had, saying dud. But no, we never said dud. But I probably did. I, <laughs> I for sure left. Um, I, I left somewhere where we were meeting teachers and I said to myself, oh, my gosh, we cannot have that teacher. It will not be a good fit. Um, just based on the way the teacher had like presented something. And it was a really important lesson for me because we got that teacher and I thought, oh, this is going to be just, you know, awesome. (laughs) Not very awesome at all. And it turned out to be one of the best years and one of the best teachers we've ever had for anybody in our family. Um, It was a great match. And so allowing for a clean slate, allowing, you know, your child to experience, um, that experience with the teacher without having this like preconceived notion of how it's going to be and kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy of, Oh, this is going to be a bad year. Just start with a clean, clean slate. I love it. All right. What you got for number two? Okay. Number two, (laughs) (laughs) feeling feisty today. Um, number two is to bite your tongue. And this is difficult to do because you are your kid's advocate. You know your kid better than anybody else in the world, and you do. Nobody's taking that away from you. Um, but 
What is not helpful is to go to your new teacher and spill your guts on everything about your child. Like, you know, his favorite color, what kind of room temperature he works best in, who he should sit next to, who he shouldn't sit next to, um, his favorite pudding flavor, all of those things. And these are things people have said. <laughs> uh, all in the first five minutes of meeting the teacher and the meet and greet. <laughs> yes. A night, right? Right. And like, so meet and greet is a special situation, right? Like your teacher has been working her his or her butt off for a week and likely longer, um, making the room look good and inviting and hauling those giant rolls of paper all over the school. And not only that, but like attending mandatory trainings and literacy stuff and crunching data and all this stuff to get ready for the school year. And they're meeting in this one little hour of meet and greet. They're meeting 25 kids and their families. Um, you and your family are meeting one person. So keep in mind that like attacking this person with everything about your child is probably not the best way to start out. Can I make a point, Aaron? Please do. So, um, it is, all those things are important, right? Even if you want to share things like your child's best learning environment or that my child may be, uh, on the quiet side, right? those, Those are important things, but maybe not in meet and greet. And so, uh, I think the suggestion then is give your time, your child some time to be with the teacher for a couple of weeks. And if you have concerns, there's a proper way to go about that rather than to grab the teacher and get into a prolonged conversation, you know, at the end of the school day or something. So um, we always refer to uh, Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence <laughs> People, right? You, you, you give some positives. Hey, so maybe it's an email that, thank you so much for working with my child. Uh, I'm so excited about this school year. And then it is... I, I do have some questions or you kind of get into, um, you know, can I set up some time with you? I realize you're busy. Can I set up some time with you to meet? And I want to address these couple things. So the teacher, you know, really would appreciate some heads up and then schedule time instead of trying to grab, grab them at the end of the school day. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few points down. You oh, kind of like jumped hey, the gun sorry. there. Uh, that's okay. But read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to note that, um, the teacher has limited time and is trying to get so much stuff done. So, you know, respect that. And also there's a really important lesson to learn about letting your kid um, establish a relationship with his or her teacher on his own. Um, You know, and I've been guilty of this too, and we've learned very valuable lessons with this as well. Um, I really thought, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm a special education teacher. I know some things. So I really had wanted to walk into pre-K and explain to the teacher, like, look, these are my concerns. This is where I'm worried. He's usually very this way, and I want him to get here. And for whatever reason, it's probably you, <laughs> said, please don't say anything to the teacher. Oh, because you self-diagnose all of our kids with... I do. You have said the words, oh, he's on the spectrum. I to say probably it. every one of our kids <laughs> out of the spectrum. Is, uh... It's like a job hazard. You know, you, you just diagnose everybody. But um, I didn't say those things for whatever reason. And I didn't give the teacher, like just like we were talking about letting your kids kind of get to know their teachers without the preconceived notion of whatever so-and-so said about them. Um, it's really valuable to let the teacher get to know your kid without what without whatever preconceived notions you've put in their head about your kid, um, because what has happened is we found you know strengths in our kids that 
may have not been pointed out or have, you know, come Mm -hmm. to fruition had we said, we really don't think that's one of his strengths. Or, yeah, like you talk about your kids, oh, he's just very shy and quiet. And then maybe they are developing this self-fulfilling prophecy of, um, yeah, maybe I'm shy and quiet. Um, But if we don't put those handcuffs on the child, we have noticed in all five kids Things change year to year. We we are surprised every year by something with one of our kids, uh, yep. where they come out of a shell or, you know, they, they pull a 180. So uh, that's the caution there is to bite your tongue a wee bit. Yes. Let them get to know each other. All right. The third thing is to offer to help. And I know this is like, why? Why would I do this? This is their job. Um, you know, they get paid to be the teacher. They signed up for this. All true. However, um, you know, and this is kind of where parents, I think, would tend to get annoyed with me, maybe. Um, (laughs) Teachers work all the time. And there's like this huge, you know, well, you get summers off. And that's a big fat lie because it's just wrong. Like every teacher I know maybe takes like a week or two off combined all summer. And otherwise, they're working on lesson plans. They're you know, prepping things. They're going to trainings. They're going to staff retreats. Um, Come on. No, you know it's true. Really? Yeah. You, you did this. True. I did. I did. <laughs> um, and then they're there, you know, in the mornings before school, in the afternoons before after school. They are tapped to head up clubs and teams and stuff like that, oftentimes without um, any sort of stipend or, you know, pay for those extra things. So it is true. Teachers work tirelessly all the time. So let me ask you this, but what if I don't have the time to be PTA president or even class dad or class mom? What Um, am I to do? That's okay because not everybody can offer physical time and that, you know, everybody offering physical time would turn into kind of a nightmare for the teacher. But what you can do is you can sign up to do things like, um, well, you just tell your teacher, I, you have, limited time. You know, like I work a job in an office. I can't get here. I can't chaperone field trips unless I have advance notice. But what I can do is if you need, you know, shapes cut out, like triangle laminated, whatever cut out of lamination, I can do that. Um, things like that. So yeah, around the classroom help. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, you, there's lots of stuff. You could sign up to bring snacks. You can sign up to um, read a book to class. Read maybe? a book to the class. Whatever your time allows for. And if you just don't have limited time, let the teacher know what kind of help you can offer. Like, do you need her to, or does she need you to send an email or make a poster or, you know, send in supplies for a project, uh, like a science project that they're doing or whatever. Just let the teacher know that, you know, I don't have a ton of time, but I can help in these ways. Mm. And just you offering that help um, means a ton. Mm. Mm-mm. That's so good. <laughs> that is so good. And I also <laughs> want to note that, you know, sending encouraging like a little note here or there or like a $5 gift card for a coffee would be super appreciated um, because... It's how you win friends and influence people. Well, it is. It's just showing gratitude and that means a lot to teachers. Word. All, All right. right. What else you got? Next up is do your homework, which... This one gets me in just daily life. It's not just um, like school related or whatever, but I'm very shocked often by the number of adults, competent, educated adults who don't read things (laughs) like they just they'll read like the subject line of an email and think they get it or 
um, a great number of people don't read the newsletter that comes home from the school. Um, but there's problems with that. Yeah. Well, there's lots of problems. Well, the teachers that we've talked to, this is one of the big frustrations um, when, you know, they drop a child off or pick the kid up and they have questions regarding the field trip or when the library books are due or how much money the, you know, the lunch is, all of those questions, which have been answered in emails and newsletters home, um, in, stat, you know, meetings, um, all of that has been announced somewhere. So it's just an added frustration, I think, from the teacher's perspective when they have to continue to answer questions that have been answered via newsletters and emails and things like that. Yes. And I think it's sending a a message that, you know, my time is not important enough to read what you've written. Um, So when I need to know the information, then I'm going to ask you again for it. So it's really like not valuing that person's time that sent the information home. Um, and I think that's sending a strong message. I think you said every time a child's teacher answers a question already answered, an angel loses its wings. Uh, that is, I think that's in the Bible <laughs> somewhere. An angel loses wings. Yeah. Yes. Um, so don't, so do don't, don't depend on other people. Um, you know, it's fine to ask or text a friend or whatever, but like check the stuff that comes home first, check the newsletter, check your emails. All that information is very likely in there. All that's right. great. That's great. What do we got? Number five. This is where you kind of jumped the gun, but it was basically oh. about giving the teacher the benefit of the doubt. And um, we talked about, you know, the importance of scheduling a conference with your teacher if you have an issue, which is very important. If you have a legitimate issue, um, by all means, take it up with your teacher first. Um, remember that there's a hierarchy. Like, you know, if you are working in a job in an office or in any sort of thing in life, you don't just jump straight to the top of the chain and, you know, you would not go to the superintendent and start complaining about your teacher because a homework assignment was graded unfairly or so you believe, right? So, um, so take it up with the teacher. Scheduling time for that conference is important um, because like Josh was saying, teachers are doing a million and one things, especially before and after school. So when you just stop by and casually mention something and kind of corner the teacher into a conference, um, one, that teacher is likely supposed to be on duty somewhere like a hallway or making sure kids are getting safely to and from the bus or whatever. Um, but also they're just not prepared to have a, you know, an educated conversation with you about the topic you want to discuss. So giving that teacher time to like get things prepared and um, have, you know, I think it's just fair if you're going to have an issue with somebody, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, benefit of the doubt. Um, so little Johnny comes home and, and explains something, uh, a scenario. It's never wise to shoot off an angry email. Um, <laughs> Ever, you, like in life. Really, yeah. You just kind of <laughs> use the Abraham Lincoln theory, which was he would write letters and just put them in a drawer and, and never send them. Um, but even then, I, I always think that communication is, we talk about like the Oreo cookie method, right? So the, the top layer, so hit them with kindness. Thank you so much for teaching my kid this year. Then in the middle, you hit them with the questions. I do have something that came up. Um, so you, maybe you, you, if there's anything negative, we put it in the middle and then we end with something positive. By the way, thanks again for teaching my child. You get it? Sandwich? Yes. Feel I get, me? Yes. Right. yes. Groovy. Um, the doubt. But also kind of the summary of that topic is remembering that the teacher is on your side. Like this person mm. signed, <laughs> yeah. this person signed up to do this job. Um, and her job is riding on 
the kids having a good year, right? Like they, they're supposed to move kids forward. Um, so I think it's easy to kind of get into the mindset of like, oh, this teacher just has it out for my kid or whatever. And I assure you that no teacher I've ever known or worked with has had it out for like one particular kid well, ever. No, I, I, I worked uh, in a school that might have been the case. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 99% of the time, I think that's probably true, Aaron. Yeah. So, you know, remembering that, you know, the teacher has just heard over the intercom that there's like this last minute staff meeting after work and she was been planning to go home and, you know, just relax or whatever. And she rolls her eyes or whatever. The kid comes home and they're like, Miss so-and-so rolled her eyes at me. You know, it's like there's two sides to the story. Could it be that, you know, we could just give the teacher the benefit of the doubt? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think we can. All right, All right, last point here, and we wrap this show up. Man, 20 minutes in already. We are just we chatty, chatty All today. Right, hit them. All right, the last one is kind of a life lesson, but you don't have to like your kid's teacher, um, and you're not going to, and your kid is not going to like all of his teachers either, um, which is important because we don't like everybody we meet or work with, do we? Uh, no, we don't, darling. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. Right. I think it's actually probably good that your kid gets a teacher that they um, maybe don't like or maybe you don't like. It, it probably uh, teaches us somewhere along the way. Um, it does. It teaches important lessons. It's not going to be fun. It's not easy. Um, and it can make for a frustrating year. And that's understandable. And if, you know, if there's obvious real issues, like the teacher is treating your child unfairly or your child has needs that are not being met, those are very serious concerns that should be dealt with. But there's a difference between you not liking the teacher's personality or the teacher having a desk that's just like too messy for your preference mm. um, and the teacher not doing her job. So I think it's really important to discern what that difference is when you're talking about whether or not you like a teacher or the teacher is good um, or not. So right. I don't know. Are there bad teachers? You know it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, there are bad teachers, but, you know, just like there's uh, bad mailmen and, uh, you know, personal trainers. I've seen some bad one of those. There's terrible personal yeah. trainers out there. It's just, uh, it's just life. Um, but um, it, like Aaron said, it is important when, when you have the, your child's welfare in uh, their hands um, and there's legitimate con- cause for concern. Um, obviously, those, those have to be addressed. But in life, um, I think it's a good lesson overall, right? For sure. And there's, and you remember too, that like personality differences are real. Um, you know, if you think back on your own education background and memories, there are teachers that you connected with and obviously had a better year with because your personalities were a better match and teachers who didn't. And there's valuable lessons to be learned in those years, in both kinds of years. Um, but I think moving forward, if we can kind of keep that in our back pocket as we move through those difficult years and think, okay, we don't, we're not getting it with this teacher. It's not a great connection. Um, we're not losing anything. We're not, um, you know, sliding backwards. Nobody's being mistreated. We're going to kind of chalk this up to a not so great personality match. Um, and you're not going to have like your most favorite teacher every year. Boom. You said it. Is that it? That's it, girls. <laughs> that is it. And uh, yeah, how not to be an ass oh, to your geez. teacher this year. Well, I think it's valuable to, to point out that there are several instances in these six points we made where um, we have felt like we we weren't the best parents at that time, right? Like, I've been an ass before. I don't. Maybe. I mean, not to teachers. I don't no, think you've ever been. Um, but I think, and I don't think, 
what I was saying earlier today, I don't think parents set out to, you know, treat teachers or school staff poorly. Um, but if you've never worked in a school setting, if you've never been a teacher, that's a great point. Um, you don't know. I mean, you're you're advocating for your kid, and you're going to bat for your kid, and that's really important. That's like your number one job. Um, but I think when our kids are in school and they're spending so much time and so much of their day and formative years here, um, it's important for us to recognize how our relationship with the school and with their teachers is really important for that foundation. Wow. I think we have to end on that. That was good. <laughs> so like a mic drop. Yeah, that was a mic drop. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's it. That's um, how to hopefully. Be an asset. A... Yeah. Be an asset to your parents. You just keep saying the word. I do. (laughs) I'm like a little kid. All right. All right. Have a good school year.